Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brent, always presented by Bet Online AG. That's your online sportsbook experts, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. Use that promo code PODCAST1. Get a 50% sign-up bonus today, betonline.ag. It's a Brant's Rants version. Big issues in the business of football. Uh, the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, the Magna Carta between the NFL and the NFLPA that is now nine years old from 2011, approaching its final season, may be getting renegotiated as we speak, as you listen to this. There seems to be a tremendous amount of momentum that we may have a new CBA, which is a court of my wheelhouse, my bailiwick, what I discuss about sports business and law all the time, happening in the NFL. So we'll see in the next few days if it happens. As we sit here on Thursday, February 20th, there's talk about a conference call among the owners today, a conference call among the players tomorrow. Seems to have a lot of momentum from my viewpoint I would advise the players, I'm not sure you should do this deal when I'm hearing about it, but I'll talk about that in a minute. My first rant will go into what I'm doing. As people know, I picked up another gig last year and back to the agency world representing athletes, representing football players in a different kind of role. This is something I've had requests over the years to join sports agencies, be a senior voice, bring some gravitas to negotiations, to recruiting, to high-level meetings. I've always resisted, but the inquiry from Gary Vaynerchuk, everyone knows him as Gary V, and his brother AJ, who's running the sports side, was too good to pass up. I thought they could bring me, which they already have, you know, some speaking, some entrepreneurial connections, some dealing with 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 groups beyond sports and academic groups that I've always dealt with, and that was the trade-off for me, and I'm giving them the voice of experience and gravitas and being on both sides. I don't think any agency out there has someone like me with 10 years in management that's really playing a strong role in, a, in, a, in an organization. So here I am. The last week I've been doing some combine prep. We have seven players going to the combine. Won't discuss their names here. I'm going to keep that quiet for now. I just think that it's important to use my experience here and I've talked to four or five of them, I have a couple more to go, about what to expect with the Combine in these meetings. And, you know, in a nutshell, I won't give you all my conversations with them. I'll keep that for them. But really what I talk about is obviously being positive, obviously being someone like any interview. You know, this is not exclusive to Combine or sports or football. You want to be someone that's likable, that people say, I can work with that person. I can get along with that person. I have a comfort level. I feel like I can talk to them about more than football in this case. So what I'm telling them is they want, teams want to know, are there any red flags? Is there anything we should know about? Is there anything that's going to come out? Are we going to draft you and find out we should have known this X, Y, or Z? And it's really an opportunity. Teams are going to ask about low points in their life. Teams are going to ask about high points in their life. Teams are going to ask about the football side, which is give me your best game, give me your worst game. If I was going to look at one piece of tape, one game film, what would that be? Those are the kind of questions you hear a lot about. <clears throat> but what I always try to do to the combine, and I share these experiences with these clients, and I'll share them with you, is really go deep. Find out what these people are all about. What is the greatest driver in their life? What motivates them? What gives them the most joy if they had to, on the spot, think about what makes them happy? What is that? 
you know, and usually talk about family. You talk about getting off script too, where you hear about, you know, everyone loves their coach, everyone loves their mother. We know that, but how do you get them off script? How do you get them to talk about things that are not as easily talked about? And I've given this example before in my writings, in my TV, in my podcast, which is I would sit there and I would ask a player and everyone look at me like this crazy lawyer dude. I would say, what do you do when you get up in the morning? And they would say, well, I go to the bathroom. What do you do before you go to the bathroom? And they would say, I brush my teeth. I would say, what do you do before you brush your teeth? They would say, I put on my, my pants. And I would say, listen, and now they're all looking at me like, who the F is this guy? And I would say, here's what I'm looking for to my staff. I want to find that kid who does a 50 push-ups right out of bed. I want to find that kid who is putting on a little flashlight, doing some last-minute studying, doesn't wake up his roommate. I want to find that kid that's doing to-do lists, that's doing what do I need to do today. First thing, because that shows motivation, it shows discipline, it shows self-starterness. And so I'm always looking for that kid that's going to do that. And even one of like one of the players I talked to this week, he just said, you know, I first thing I do is I make my bed. I'm like, say that. Say that. Because that is good. That shows a level of not only fastidiousness, but a level of discipline, a level of get your day right. Get your day started right. <clears throat> I make my bed. Love it. I found that the greatest predictors of future success are simple, self-motivation and self-discipline. It usually doesn't go far beyond that. Self-motivation and self-discipline. And you find that in these kids and they'll drive up the character and the work ethic of their position groups. They'll bring an attitude to your team that you want. That's, that's value. So I hope that the players I'm talking to get that and then can show that in their own way. They have to be themselves with the teams. And we'll see. And next week, I will do this from the Combine and give you a sense of what's going on inside the ropes at the Combine. Well, again, as, as I said, working with Vayner Sports, we'll have seven guys there. You know, none of them are going to be first-round picks, but we'll see what happens. <clears throat> so we'll go from there. Um, that's my first rant. The other one I really want to spend time on is the CBA. CBA means collective bargaining agreement. For those who don't know, it's the, it's the, as I said, the Magna Carta, the document that outlines all the rules and regulations on the business side, on the legal side between the two paradigms of sports law, the owners, the management, the league, the commissioner, that's all management. And on the other side, the players and the union, that's labor. So labor management agreement, as I said, I covered it 10 years ago, more than any human ever covered a CBA for ESPN night and day. This is different. There's obviously a different momentum. Last year, it took till the end of the deal. Then there was a lockout. Then there was a uh, decertification legal action by the NFLPA. Then there was litigation. The players won in lower court, the players lost in uh, circuit court, and eventually they hastily did a deal on the eve of training camp. Well, here we are. <clears throat> We're not at expiration. We're a year from expiration, but there seems to be this, as I talked about, incredible momentum to get a deal done. Will it get done? I don't know. But I think the players have some leverage on timing, and they don't have leverage on other things, but they have leverage on timing because clearly... The owners want this deal. They want it so they can have a 10-year deal, which I'll talk about in a second in terms of the years. 
So they can leverage that to get their continuity with sponsors who are going to buy in more and more specifically television broadcast digital media buying in because now they have a solid future with labor peace. Once you have labor peace, you can say to your partners, hey, we're good. Never going to be a strike, never going to be a lockout, in no interruptions in your product. And of course, the product is the most must-see product on broadcast television that's shown time and time again. So they're getting the players, I think, to buy into this whole, hey, let's get it done. Let's get the money out of TV. It's all good. We'll make so much money. You'll share in it. I just hope they're not fooling the players because what I hear on the concession side is not great for the players. So what we're hearing is 17 games, which I said was a necessity to get a deal done. The players' only thing of value they had was the 17th game or the 18th game because you know, everything swayed to the owner's side from last agreement, which is they still have the franchise tag. They still have the commissioner of power. They still have marijuana testing. They still have uh, stadium credits. They still have a ridiculous minimum spending requirement, which all they have to do is spend a certain amount over four years. Um, and it's only 89%. So <clears throat> that's all on the owner's side. So what do the players have to give up? Well, nothing, but if they add an extra game, players have to consent to that, so that's their leverage. Has it worked? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. What I'm hearing is what the players are getting out of this is a big increase in minimum salaries. With all due respect to the players, that's an easy give. You know, you're giving the rank and file a little more money. You're not really getting into the big contracts. Okay. Now players can say they're making 600 coming in instead of 500. You know, I know that. Sounds great, but in the big picture, that's not a lot. We hear about reduced preseason. That's an obvious. I mean, of course, if you're going to add a regular season, you're going to reduce preseason. That's a win for everyone. And then uh, you hear about uh, the percentage. Now, there's the big thing. The percentage going from a ballpark of 46, <coughs> excuse me, 47, going up to 48 and 48.5 once 17 games kicks in. Uh, we'll see. I want to see the details on that. I think for giving an extra game, they should get to 49 or closer to 50. But I'd like to see how it's, you know, I'd like to see what's going on with the minimum salaries because minimum team spending should be more than 89%. And more importantly, the look should be over one or two years, not four years. For instance, you got the Cowboys spending very little, even though they redid Elliott. They're probably spending 50 million under the cap this year. But, of course, they're going to do Prescott or they're going to do Cooper or both, and they're going to come up to the spending minimums because, of course, it's going to be huge money this year. But it allows teams to coast, allows teams to pay drastically under. And when people talk about well, why football players don't make a lot of money, look right here. Because if you held the feet to the fire of ownership and said every year you got to spend X, Y, Z, that's much different, much different than over a four-year period. And then, of course, teams bring over cap from year to year that's unused. Why is it unused? Because teams aren't spending it. <laughs> and they're, they're satisfying these minimum spending requirements and not spending cap. So when teams are bringing over 10, 20, 30 million of unused cap, and they don't even have to bring it over, and then not using it again the next year, uh, don't get me started. If that's not being dealt with in the CBA negotiation, that's a problem. And then, of course, the number of years, a 10-year agreement. Why? I mean, of course, the owners, we know why. They want continuity. They want people to invest in the sport. They want the longest possible. But none of these other sports have 10-year agreements. No. 
because the economics are going to change year to year. Once these new TV deals kick in, we're dealing with a completely different economic picture, and the players should have an opportunity to renegotiate, at least get an out, get an opt-out after three, four, five years, like, like baseball players do, like LeBron does, like Kawhi does. Get an out. I may be railing against the machine here, and I'm on the player's side. I'm an agent now. I took this test. I'm a certified agent. I'm going to the meeting next week, the NFLPA. I'll probably hear about this podcast from them. But listen, I'm just saying the players should take all this into account because they have leverage right now because the owners want to do a deal. If you have the leverage, use it. Usually they don't have any leverage, and the only leverage they had in this negotiation was extra games, which it seems like they're giving up. And that's great they're giving it up if they get back equal commensurate concessions, but I'm not sure they are. We'll see. We will see where this comes out, and I'll do obviously a detailed podcast on the New Deal if we do have one soon. Uh, so let's see what happens. And right now we're in a holding pattern. It just seems like there's tremendous momentum to get a deal, which is great news for owners. Great news. But I'm not sure how good it is for players. We'll see. All right. That's my rant. I wanted to make this all about the NFL, about the combine for entering players, about the new deal for existing players, and just express what I feel about it. So that's where I am. Bet Online, our sponsor. You can choose from any of these games this week. We're in a busy time in sports, even though we don't have football. We've got key games in college basketball, Kansas Baylor, Florida State, NC State, Virginia Tech, Duke. We've got the heavyweight championship rematch coming up on the 22nd. Of course, Dante Wilder, Tyson Fury, and of course, the sport we I follow very closely in terms of my Sixers. You've got the Nets at Sixers tonight. You got Sixers at Bucks, the huge game on Saturday. Celtics at Lakers, Spurs at OKC. <coughs> You've got the Pelicans are playing Portland. Good game there. You can bet on all these games. So, without further ado, go to betonline.ag. Don't forget the promo code from this podcast: podcast one, all caps, P O D C A S T O N E. Get your fifty percent sign up bonus today. Bet online. You're online. Sportsbook experts, and that'll do it for this Brant's Rants Football NFL Combine CBA edition of the Business of Sports podcast. Appreciate the music from my son, who I love, of course, Sam Brant, and of course, appreciate my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. Thanks for following me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt, and thanks for any rankings or podcasts, any comments, and of course, you can always leave a voicemail uh, for the show as well. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.